Welcome to MIA 2K, your ticket from Miami to Seoul. We're Kathy and Laura, and we're so happy you could join us today. You probably know us from, just kidding, you don't know us yet. We're just two Miami girls with obsessive fandom tendencies who fell into the inescapable void of Korean entertainment. And we're here to share our insights and spill all the tea only grown fans like us can enjoy. We've done all the research and acclimating so you don't have to. Before we begin, please make sure you're following us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And if you love visuals like us, you can watch us on our YouTube channel. We drop episodes with our hot and sunny takes every week. Hi, guys. For today's episode, we wanted to focus on Eric Nam. We went to his concert in Fort Lauderdale and we thought we would talk a little bit about our experience and about Eric Nam himself. Yeah, and I'm just here excited that it's our 10th episode and we have made so many connections and we have grown so much in the past couple of weeks. It's been a really exciting growth spurt. And also today that we are recording on March 9th, which is Suga's birthday, as well as Simon Dominic's birthday and a bunch of other people's birthdays. But those are the two main ones that I wanted to just like shout out. Happy birthday, Min Yungi. I love you. That's all. But this episode is not about Suga. It's not about him. I just wanted to say happy birthday because if not, it wouldn't be me. All right. Thank you. So. With that, let's talk a little bit about Eric Nam. So I think we should start with who he is, because maybe there are some of our listeners who don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. He was born in 88 in Atlanta, which I appreciate because he's not a fetus. Um, he's an actual opa, which is like, thank God. Honestly, he's a November Scorpio. According to Kathy, it's very different from an October Scorpio. So just wanted to mention that here. <laughs> he has two younger brothers and he went to school here, like college. In 2011, he uploaded, I don't know if it was in 2011, but around that year, he uploaded a video on YouTube, which became kind of viral. And he was invited to participate in kind of like an X Factor uh, TV reality show in, in South Korea. And at the end of the show, he was able to place in the top five. So that's kind of how he got started. He debuted in 2013. So with that little Wikipedia tidbit... <laughs> I guess we, sh we should continue with why do we like Eric Nam? I personally like Eric Nam because he's just really good at what he does. I like that he's really personable. He's a great MC. He's a great interviewer. He sings nice. He tries to dance, which I appreciate. <laughs> And he's a really good businessman. So I, I, I think those are all really nice qualities. I would wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> I really like his vibe in the sense that I think he knows where to be and what to do at the right time. And we'll talk about this later on in the episode, but especially with the past two years with the pandemic and the world shutting down, he made lemonade out of lemons. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's from his international business degree or just from being a smart, savvy person and having good family support to join in his crazy adventures. But I would say he more than sings nice. I would say he's a really good singer. His voice yeah. is very versatile. And seeing him perform live, he sounded really, really, really stable and That's really true. good. 
So, and as Laura said, his MC skills are just next level. It's really hard to interview people. And we've heard our share of terrible interviews. Not too long ago, Laura and I were listening to a Spotify green room interview with DPR Live. And it was just absolutely tragic. And I don't want to say this to like fuck myself over in the future if I ever get to interview someone. But if you ever hear me reply with yes, and like that's the vibe to someone, just kill me. (laughs) Just, just, Just end it all for me. What I like about him is that and what I didn't like about that green room interview is he he it seems like he takes the time to research to ask questions that aren't the norm i mean he does get he does ask like a couple of normal questions yeah he covers the basics yeah but he's always able to move on to less common questions and keep everybody engaged i've seen him do interviews where he's interviewing two people where one speaks uh, english and korean and the other one just speaks korean and he's able to keep both of them pretty engaged mm-hmm. considering like it's they're such different languages mm-hmm. um so i i think that's pretty awesome he volleys really well and i think it just comes down to his listening skills mm-hmm. because he's not i'm sure a lot of people who do interviews are in their head thinking about how to weave in the next question that they already have pre-planned. And with him, it just seems like he has a conversation and he lets it take it the natural course. And whether it is because he has experience as an artist himself or for whatever reason, he's just really good at volleying and taking what people say and getting to the next question in a way that doesn't seem forced. And with that, I think we can move on to natural our- step in his career. When I- yeah, which would be his MC career. He actually started MCing as soon as he debuted. He was, and I want to say is maybe still one of the most popular MCs in Korea. At a point, he had to pretty much walk away because he was so wanted that if he didn't walk away, there was no way that he could focus on music. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like it makes sense. I've seen countless interviews of not only in the podcast that that he has, but also in all of these variety shows. And he does so good. I think one of the shows he used to do was after school special. Yes. And it was it was just really refreshing to see him because I think a lot of the issues that artists and idols had back in the day which shows like Weekly Idol and, and others in the same vein was that they kind of made fun of the idols and they they used the idols as the butt of the joke, but it wasn't really with the idols' consent. Like they were just, you know, forced to sit there and take it and be made fun of. But with Eric, I think he had a, a really good sense of empathy and there was comedy and he has really good timing and he has a good sarcasm and he has that, he understands the American sense of humor and the Korean sense of humor, and he's able to connect with them in a, in a really good way without making fun of them, but just laughing with everybody. So I think idols in general were able to connect with him probably more easily than with other people on shows. And I, I think, I know that the Korean TV industry didn't have a choice but to let him go, but I really wish they hadn't because he was just yeah. so good. And I think his MC career was what led him to pretty much know all of the Korean industry. I feel like there isn't, I mean, I'm sure there is, but it just feels like there isn't an idol that he doesn't 
have some sort of relationship with, whether it's just like a, Hey, Hey, kind of relationship or an actual friendship. He just knows so many people. It's crazy. He doesn't, but he also doesn't name drop, which he could. He's really good. I think, I mean, I think in, in Korea in general, there's a really good line that everyone miraculously just knows how to walk within the Korean idol industry. And they don't really talk about who's friends with whom. And that's all part also of like trying not to get canceled in case somebody makes a mistake. They don't want to be associated with them, which is not Eric's case. He just happens to know everybody and he meets people through his shows and through his interviews and that kind of stuff. So anyway, it's just, it's really admirable that he has such an impressive Rolodex and he probably is closer to way more people than we know or think he is. Yeah. With that, we can move on to his, the way that we met him. So the first time that I saw Eric Nam was actually when he interviewed PH1 at a cafe. I want to say it was like 2019. And at that point, I was super into getting to know the higher musicians, the higher artists a lot. So when I saw that interview in English, completely in English, I was like, I got to watch this. And seeing the interview just made me kind of fall in love with him as an interviewer. And I couldn't stop. (laughs) And luckily for me, at that point, he had already started his Debak show, the podcast. So I had a lot of content to watch. And I just watched as much as I could and looked forward to, you know, every upload every weekly upload to see who he was interviewing and my background with this as I as I say in literally every single episode was Laura's fault (laughs) Laura first of all it was really funny when she first started introducing me to all these people just like idols and artists in general not necessarily Eric she made like a Canva video situation and the video started with the debug show jingle And I had no idea what this was for months. Like I was just going around life thinking that there was this like debug jingle that Laura came up with. And it turns out it was a debug show podcast jingle. So it was really funny. That was part of the introduction that I later on got done correctly. And then going back to when I first started seeing clips, I didn't see the debug show first. I actually saw Get Real, which is one of the podcasts that Dive Studios has under its umbrella that was my in into the dive studios family and then i started watching the debak show which is when i was like oh this is where laura got the jingle from and i saw a bunch of interviews and again i just really love eric's interview style he's kind of like oprah in korea like it's really hard to see people do a good job interviewing other people it's not easy to relate it's not easy to again have all the research and have the questions kind of prepared that they're that they already agreed that they would talk about and have all that information in your head. And then even if you have a producer and someone that does the work for you behind the scenes, you know, in late night shows, it seems really forced. Like they already know mm-hmm. what they're gonna talk about and whatever. And with Eric, it doesn't seem like that, just like it doesn't seem like that with Oprah. It seems like a very relaxed setting, it seems like a storytelling he's really poised for this job. And that's when I really became a big fan of his and just admire tremendously his just skill set as an entertainer. He started the dive studios with his brother, which is why we mentioned that he has two younger brothers, Mm -hmm. because they're a very 
close-knit group of siblings and they do work together. I believe his middle brother, Eddie was a mm-hmm. manages him as an artist. Mm-hmm. And his younger brother is the CEO of Dive Studios. So they do this as siblings, which let me tell you, it's hard to just be siblings, but working with your siblings, like shit. Yeah. I, that's admirable to me and um, and they're they're doing things right because that that uh label that management company manages epic high now yeah and i just think that that's the biggest flex that they can have not just a little relationship and a little cocoon they actually have really a lot of credibility to their name now with all the talent that they've managed at this point mm-hmm and and i think it was genius like kathy was saying earlier how as businessman, they took the pandemic and made it into something great with the podcast. They came up with a whole bunch of new shows. Mm-hmm. They made sure to recruit the right people to be the presenters as well as the people, you know, behind the camera, behind the mic. Yeah. Yeah. They put people to work during a time where work was scarce and opportunities were not really available because the world was shut down so they created this lineup like Laura mentioned they had get real they had tablos podcast they had beauty bar they had unboxing they had how did i get here with jay and alexa and they just had like laura said the right talent it's i think it's because probably they've been around these people for long enough that they kind of knew who to pull from But I think even like BM was probably a low key, not someone who was like super out there. He had interviewed BM for a Debak episode. Mm. And I think that's where he realized BM's potential potential as a, as an MC or as a host for a podcast, because that's when the whole big titty committee came about. And so just, just the clips of that, I'm sure brought uh all the views. studios a bunch of views so i think that's where they really saw his potential and said hey we need this guy yeah and, and they didn't just do because i think eric again was very smart and his brothers were very smart with how they went about it because the majority of the shows were english for the english mm-hmm. audiences which was great because they capitalized on everyone being home And like, if there was ever a time that everybody in the world was going to try to learn Korean or get into the Korean pop or Korean culture, this was it. So they gave us an in that we didn't have to start right off the bat with Korean and captions and and getting into the idiosyncrasies of Korean language and, and Korean people in general. So they really did that. But they also had unboxing, which was fully in Korean. So it wasn't just for us. It was kind of a little bit for everyone. And most of the people on the shows, even with the well, the Debak show obviously had episodes in Korean. Get Real has had episodes in Korean too. And all most of the hosts are equally rooted in their Korean and or foreign roots. Mm-hmm. So they're able to relate and and talk about what's going on in the country at the same time. So it was it was never too far of a relatability thing with Korean audiences as well. So I just think that they did it right. And then on top of that, they released Mindset last year. So Mindset is a audio platform connecting artists and fans, which pretty much they release a capsule of an artist and they have 
little episodes in each capsule, different episodes where the artist talks about their life, their struggles, shares a little bit of themselves with their fans in a way that they might not have done before. They try to focus it, focus it on deep topics, not just like, I like the color green and I rap kind of stuff. So that's, that's kind of the whole premise. It's a way for fans to connect with their favorite artists in a different sort of way. Yeah, they they really have diversified, I want to say, also mm-hmm. the artists that they're working with. Yeah. Because at first, I think it was people that were very closely related with dive studios or that were in the idol industry in Korea specifically. But I think now they're reaching out to other artists that are not necessarily in the Korean uh, circle. Maybe they're part of the Asian diaspora or they're a little bit just uh, more artists who collaborate with artists within this circle. So they have a really great portfolio at this point of artists who participate in these capsules and collections. And I think especially with the past two years with the pandemic and with COVID and the shutdown, it has been really difficult for many people on an emotional and and mental level to get through whatever they're going through. And I think this was also a really cool initiative where they were trying to help people. Yeah, it's a service, obviously. It's something that they're providing um, at a cost, but the value I think for people was really there because I've seen, I'm part of, the Discord group for Dive Studios. And there's a lot of demand for the mindset app drops and for the whole, I think, circle or the collective of the Dive Studios. They have really created a community, which I think is one of the hardest things to do. And one of the most important in order for you to succeed because that's how people keep supporting you. So the Nam brothers have done an incredible job from a business standpoint in making sure that they connected with fans and fans feel attached to whatever they're providing. So now you know that we like Eric for his business acumen and for just being the prince of Atlanta and Korean entertainment. But I think Eric really wants us all to know him for his music. And that's really one of his goals, I think, for 2022. Unfortunately for us, he took a hiatus from the Daybox show indefinitely. We don't know if he's going to actually come back. I think he will at some point. But it was time for him to say, this is my love. This is what I really want to do. And before there's another crazy, unprecedented time, let me go on tour, (laughs) at least. And scratch this itch is what he's trying to do. So let's talk a little bit about Eric Nam's music. Yeah. So I personally, like Kathy said earlier, his, his music is good. He's a great singer. Personally, it's not so much my cup of tea. Like I can't appreciate it and I do appreciate it. And I do like some of his songs. Um, Actually, the set list for his concert was really good. I think he chose his best songs. And I actually started to appreciate it once we decided to go to his concert. Before that, there were only a couple songs that I would play. One of them was Honestly, that is a bop. And I'm sexy, you're sexy, iconic. But after we decided to go to his concert, I looked up the set list. And so I started listening to those songs and I actually enjoyed them more than I thought I would. Yeah. When you were saying earlier that you're like, oh, it's not my cup of tea. I'm here sitting 
thinking of how probably two months from now I'm gonna be the biggest Eric Nam stand because the concert on Monday really kind of changed it all for me and now when I was saving the videos and putting them in the cloud and I was naming each song so I could find them quickly later I found myself like going along with the rhythm and being like this is really good and I think one of the songs that he that he sang I told Laura if Justin Bieber had sang this it would be a freaking hit globally but because it's Eric I guess like there's just not that much exposure even though he does have two million and some Spotify monthly listeners but yeah I've definitely gone on a journey with his music I actually didn't look up the set list before which is usually what I do but this time I really did not try to listen to anything and I kind of regret it but also not really because it's fine but the concert on Monday just like with um, K-pop Laura has mentioned in prior episodes it's very visual and sometimes you don't really get into a song until you watch the MV. For me after seeing someone in, in concert and after seeing their energy and after hearing the fans singing along and getting excited, it changes your perspective on things. So I think I'm going to have to start listening to that set list playlist and become part of Nam Nation officially because I just really liked what I heard and what I saw. Yeah, it was really good. Like I was listening to the set list and I was like, I don't want to skip anything. This is good. Which again was a super surprise for me because I have a certain feel to the music that I listen to and it's mm -hmm. very much not that. So it was, it was, it was a nice surprise. I enjoyed it because we decided to buy tickets, not because we liked him as a singer. We're sorry, Eric. But um, we're not because we love you now. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we just really like him as a person, as a businessman, as an MC, as a podcast host, as an entertainer. Um, yeah, there we go. That's the word as an entertainer. So we decided to go for that and look at us now being part of Nam Nation. Yeah, I really want to shout out a couple songs. Hearing Wildfire Live was one of those life changing moments. Maybe not life changing. Let me not be dramatic one episode. Uh, <laughs> but just his vocal range is really wide. And Wildfire is a really hard song, has really high notes, and he really did it flawlessly. So that's a really great song. I Don't Know You Anymore was boppy and it got it got its moment with challenges and TikTok and whatever. So I really like that. Any Other Way is also really, really good. I actually really liked it. And Don't Let This Love Die Young is a masterpiece. So I really want people to give those songs a chance because I think they have a pretty good variety range for what you might find from Eric when I listened to his music on Monday literally I just listened to it before the concert the same day I got vibes of Ed Sheeran Justin Bieber and maybe like uh, early Sam Smith those those are kind of the vibes that his music gives me of the kind of different stories that he wants to tell with his music so if you like any of those singers I think you would enjoy his music I it's funny because I vibed with <laughs> with a different set of songs from the set list I four percent yeah I vibed with is more like exciting and maybe a little less Party? yeah yeah like for example you know I like the emo stuff and you don't so that, yeah that makes sense like I really liked don't call me I really enjoyed that one I did. Yeah. I liked it. I like Don't Call Me. Don't Call Me. You're sexy. I'm sexy. I already mentioned it. And congratulations was fun. 
congratulations is fun. There's another one. Is it admit that like every yeah. time it came up in my car, wherever I was, I was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one for sure. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. And I ended up really liking his music. It was a great time. Let's now that we're talking about his music and we started going into Monday, let's talk about the whole concert experience and just the whole day in general, because I think it's fun and we have some cute anecdotes. Spoiler alert. We may or may not have spoken to Eric, so keep listening. So I hope nobody from work is listening in, <laughs> but I decided to uh, work from Kathy's house. It's a bit closer to the venue. So that's where we started our day. We had said we're leaving by 4.30 so we can go have dinner and have some drinks. We did not leave by 4.30. We did not. I mean, the thing is, we were working. I, I had calls. It wasn't like I could just like start doing my makeup and change and, and look yeah. like I was going to a K-pop concert <laughs> while I was talking about data, you know, and my at my job. So we, we didn't start getting ready until later than we wanted to. So we definitely didn't leave on time. But Laura's plan worked flawlessly because the traffic from my house was non-existent. And as we're pulling up, <laughs> the line was so long. <laughs> I'm let, just there in my little car like what the fuck is this let me let me say something to put things a little bit into context for everybody I'm still under the impression that there are no k-pop fans in Florida in, in that South Florida is a barren town for Korean entertainment appreciators and that we're alone in this and that we're going to be the only two people at this venue and not not that but you know I said I was not going to be dramatic today so I'm going to try to keep it a little bit more normal but I really was not expecting to see that line that well organized with people wearing masks in Florida outside 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 <laughs> so I was shook on so many levels when we got there we were like the fuck is this line I'm trying to figure out where to park so we don't have to deal with traffic we find two spots in like a random street we park there so we're there and I'm like Kathy should we have some food and she's like, yeah, why not? And if you went there at six, that area looked like a ghost town. I thought, oh my God, COVID hit it hard. There's <laughs> nothing here anymore. This sucks. Yeah. We there it was it was either tacos or pizza. And I didn't want pizza. So we went to this one taco place. And as we're walking to the taco place, I see three people walking towards us, and two of them are wearing these badges. So in my head, I'm doing the math, picture me as a meme with like all the math symbols going around. And I'm like, oh, these people might be like VIP ticket holders that are going to meet Eric like before or after. But then we're getting closer and like, I see the third person and he's wearing his mask and he's wearing a cap. And then I look at him and I'm like, that's Eric Nam walking around downtown Fort Lauderdale in shorts and flip flops and a t-shirt, very unassuming, looking down on his phone. And uh, I guess his team, maybe his brothers, I, I didn't recognize the other two people around him just like walking, but like, I literally stopped on my tracks and I go to Lauda, that's Eric. And she was like, what, what? And it was just, it was just really fast, but we literally like passed him. And I was like, oh my God, like what a time to be alive. One degree of separation. Like this is our moment. Like mama, we made it. None of those things. Again, I'm trying not to be dramatic, but failing miserably. And then really funny thing, we look across the street at the taco place where we're going and there's this guy sitting at the table with a girl 
And the guy looks me in the eye. I don't know this person, but he goes, it's him. It's him. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not crazy. So, <laughs> so we're literally like, what the fuck is happening? What is, what is life? We cross the street. Cause I get, I'm feeling crazy. I'm like, there's no way this guy at a table at a taco place was talking to me. Like, there's no, no way like this is actually happening. And again, I, I refuse to acknowledge that there, there are other K-pop fans or K anything fans in like Florida. So um, this guy like looks at us. We clearly look like we're going to the concert. I was wearing like netted leggings and like, you know, my chunky uh, stepping on people's throats kind of boots. And so he goes, oh, you guys going to the concert? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, that was Eric. He was just here. And I was like, oh, my God, like I passed by him and I knew it was him. And like, that's crazy. So had a whole fangirling moment there with um, with him. And then we ended up becoming friends. So JP, shout out to you. He was telling us all the cool details, him and his friend Alicia, who was there with him. We ended up sitting together at the table and had like the most awesome shit talking session, uh, trying to find out each other's biases and our oaths and our plans. They're going to the BTS concert in Vegas in April. We went in November. So um, we were exchanging stories and they were just really, really cool. And so it was a good time, but look at us making friends. In Look South Florida us. with K-pop people. Us. And Look at us. So we were there and like part of the conversation was, are you guys trying to get in early? And we're like, no, we're not. And they're like, we're not either. So we're like there drinking, talking, whatever. Around 730, we're like, let's let's start heading over thinking there's not going to be a line. There was still a fucking line. Mm-hmm. It was insane. We got through it pretty quickly, I yeah. guess, maybe like 20 minutes. Because they're already letting people in by the time what we joined the line. It was yeah. just a little slow and it was a lot of people. So yeah, we um, should mention really quickly. Eric's mm-hmm. concert was actually supposed to be a culture room. But oh, they right. sold out and they 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 knew that there was more demand just like for more tickets. So they actually transferred the concert over to the Revolution Life, which is when you decided to look into buying the tickets. Because at first we hadn't gotten tickets and we didn't really look into it when it was a culture room. But once they uh, increased the capacity, that's when we were able to get in. So. Right. And I, it actually created a lot of confusion for the people that had bought tickets to the culture room because a lot of people... They couldn't just transfer the tickets. They got a refund and then they had to rebuy. So a lot of people thought the concert had been canceled Mm -hmm. and it was like a whole confusion for them. Luckily for us, it meant we were able to get tickets. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get there and it is fucking hot. I don't know what I did in my past life to deserve the humidity in that room. (laughs) But I must have been a really shitty human at some point because, wow, like, ac who we don't know her i it was terrible it was disgusting like disgusting nasty so we're in that heat trying to figure out where to sit or where to stand because we don't want to be like with people but we also want to see the stage so we're trying to figure out what to do we finally found this space in the back but like there was space we weren't like squished and so that's where we stood for the concert Kathy has a really stable hand when she's filming things so when she was filming like the concert I think I saw most of the concert through her phone because it was just so stable and like you could see him so clearly that it was like shout out to the iPhone 13 for having great cameras and and the zooming option because yeah it was we're not we were not far because again it's a small mm-hmm. venue. Yeah. But the detail that you can see through the video, it's it feels like we were much closer than we actually were. 
Right. So it was a good time. It, it was a good time. He came out and everybody started screaming. It was really great like he has such a way of engaging with the crowd that is absolutely delicious people feel like he's seeing them the fans feel like he cares and I, I mean honestly he has to care because I don't think you can do that and seem so genuine and not be that crowd work the crowd play is is really good just because he like listens again he's a really good listener he he knows what to ask and he knows what to get from people so it was it's impeccable like it i'm not gonna say it's the best part because the best part was him singing but that's the second best part and i would put his dancing as a third best part yeah because he does try to dance and he it does he's very does. He's cute. Really cute. Very he, cute you know now that we have gone to see other concerts and we know that men's or the comments section are almost like a mandatory part of of korean entertainment it sometimes can seem forced but it doesn't with eric because again he's so good at it he does it so like you don't think of it as something annoying leading up to the concert instead of looking at the set list I just watched all the TikToks that people posted of his concert all over the country. Because by the time he got to Fort Lauderdale, he had already done 26 concerts. Like he, this is his last week on tour. He had like four left, I think he said. So I saw a lot of TikToks of like crazy thirsty fans with their thirsty posters. And I don't know, the girl that showed up with like adoption papers and was like, be my daddy. And again, his crowd work is just so good. He can really make any situation funny. And I, I don't think he was expecting the level of energy and love that he got here. Because again, like me, we're not trying to, we don't think that there's like K-pop love in Florida. We don't think that this exists here. People here mm -hmm. care. And I think it was because we're such like crazy party people. And there's a lot of like Latin heat in this city. I think he wasn't expecting the level of excitement that he got. He, he seemed genuinely shook and maybe even a little bit scared. <laughs> from how loud and crazy we were and let me tell you I did not expect like I had seen the TikToks but I was not expecting that amount of thirst mm. like to me personally when, when I see Eric Nam thirst isn't the first thing that comes into my head I am a minority <laughs> like at least in, in that, that room concert, you were oh my god <laughs> like his you know he's dancing and he's he's trying to be sexy and like the people were eating it up it was actually kind of adorable it was <laughs> i i saw i didn't see any like uh cool posters in for lauderdale before we left the house i was telling laura that like i was trying to think of like a clever idea for a poster and i was like the only thing i can think of is like opa nam nam style and like i was just so proud of myself for that one but i didn't make it into a poster because i knew it would be all the way on the back and it would have been a waste of time But yeah, the people, there was a lot of people when he asked, he, he goes around asking like, is this your first time seeing him? Or is it, are you a repeat seeing him in concert? Or he asked if this was people's first concert ever. And that was a lot of people's first concert, which is, I, I, it was wild to me. At one point I got really, really hot. Mm. So I decided I need to go somewhere else. So I left to the back, like the back room, the, the speakeasy space where he was selling his merch and that room was filled with mothers and some dads so I think it made sense when I saw the amount of like chaperones that they were there why some people said it was their first concert mm -hmm. but it also surprised me with how many 
teenagers are in his fan base. I thought they'd be like us. Yeah. <laughs> late 20s, late 20s. <laughs> oh, our, our friend JP from the taco place. Uh, he also saw Eric Nam. When we were talking, I was like, I could tell that they were younger than us. And I was like, you just mm -hmm. like look really young. And then he was like, how old are you guys? And we're like, how old do you think we are? And he said, I don't know, 22, 23. So that's now my official age, if anybody mm -hmm. asked me, because JP said so. I agree. I agree. I agree. I still think about this. <laughs> I still think about that moment today, two days later, like every 30 minutes. I'm like, somebody thought I was 20. I mean, somebody recognized that I was 22, 23. <laughs> Great time. But it was it was crazy. The amount of parents like I became a parent for a little bit. I was like, all these kids, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I almost I almost because the, the moms were like, yeah, you know, like at 930, I told them to like come to the back because I didn't want to be stuck in traffic, this and this and this. And I was like, yeah, I, I also told. <laughs> but I didn't. Oh. They gave me looks of why are you here? You don't belong here. I think we're not moms and we're not teenagers, but we're definitely the ones trying to leave the venue before the traffic gets crazy. And again, because of Laura's wise thinking ahead, we parked in the perfect spot that we could just like get out without being stuck in a, in a parking lot, waiting for people to not know how to drive and get out of the concert venue. So yeah. it worked out. We're fine. So it was, it was great. I went back in and, and finished the concert. It felt like a good time in terms of running time. It didn't mm -hmm. feel too short. It didn't feel too long. Overall, 10-10, except maybe not, because he could have probably done the Fillmore with AC and seats. So maybe like 8.5 because he could have had a better venue, but whatever. It's I fine. think they would probably went conservative just because they can't overshoot their shot and then not make good on like the money that they promised that's, the venue. But true. I do think that now that they had this concert, they'll they know that they can come back and have a better uh, place for sure. Because again, like the, the two points that we would deduct are the lack of AC and it's not so much the not seating because we were mostly fine, except for one really tall dude that was like in front of us. But the lack of AC and the fact that we were in an area where for the first two songs, we couldn't hear his voice at all. They adjusted Anything. the sound later, but we literally could not hear his voice. Mm -hmm. uh, I might insert some uh, clips here when he came in that we literally could not. We were like, what song is this? We, like, we had no idea. What are you doing? <laughs> So an 8.5, an eight. And it's not his fault. It's not. It's what he delivered was an absolute 10 out of 10. Yes. The circumstances, not so much, but it's eight fine. out of 10. Yeah. So he does his encore. And as soon as he like steps out of the encore, we know he's not going to come back again. So we immediately bolted out of that place, literally said bye to our new friends like bye and then bolted out and as we're walking in front of the tour buses I'm just perplexed at the amount of people I see because at this point it's like 10 and downtown for Lauderdale went from oh COVID hit it really hard to oh no just kidding everything's open <laughs> Laura tell us your thoughts Laura I love it kids still <laughs> hoe it out it's a great time and it's people, spring break. Yeah, people spilling onto the streets. I was just like, Today is it, Laura? It is a fucking Monday. <laughs>
is this what the youth do now? Like, yeah. it was crazy. As we're doing that, Kathy says, is that Eric? <laughs> Again, so <laughs> we caught him before the concert and we caught him after the concert. So for the second time, the first time uh, we had just arrived and I was being my normal shy self. After the concert, which is what, four drinks and change later, I was like, oh, that's Eric. And he heard me and he turned around and we, and then Laura, cause Laura was saying earlier how she regretted not really like making the eye contact and seeing him in our first run in with him. So this time she actually got a chance to be like, make eye contact with him. And we were like, love the show. You did great. <laughs> and then he was like, thanks. And kept walking. Cause he was like bolting for his bus to get away from people. Kathy says, we, she said that because all I could muster was Oh, that is him. And then I did a double like wave, like with both hands, like almost becoming a helicopter. Like, hi. <laughs> and then I went on my merry way. I mean, I just, I don't know because I always black out during these situations. Like I don't remember. And it's not the drinking. I just get really nervous. Like I get super starstruck. You could be Ronald McDonald and I would still have a freaking panic attack. So what? <laughs> is he problematic? a big deal. Like oh, <laughs> so I, I don't remember what I said. I just like, I know that in the moment, obviously we're millennials. So for like a split second, you have like the urge to pull your phone and ask for a picture. But I knew that number one, it wasn't the time he was running to his bus. And if he had stopped for us, he would have had to stop for everybody else. Uh, two, I know that artists don't really like, like that, that much. Like they, they don't want to feel like an object and like, you're just always asking for a picture and like, they're not even human. It, it, it dehumanizes them when like, that's all people want. They just want proof that you met them. They don't want to like, really like talk to you. Yeah. So I just wanted to say something. I think in the moment, that's what my brain probably mustered. It was like, Oh, the concert was great. Like, you know, what, something that would be like a nice, feedback to him my mom definitely was like no picture it didn't happen <laughs> I was like I know mom uh, but yeah so that was we actually definitely had a conversation with Eric Nam on Monday March 7th 2022 for anybody keeping track of our growth I waved and he waved back so that's nice I didn't yeah. have to do the pretend oh just kidding I'm just scratching my head <laughs> <laughs> So that's a big thing for me, you know, was, I still, I, I mean, I still think about the times where I had to do that with normal people. <laughs> so <laughs> the things that keep step. us up at three in the morning. Yeah. So this was a big step for me. We saw Eric Nam in person, live in color, right in front of us twice. Once. And like before and after the concert and during the concert, what were you laughing at? Once because I don't remember the. Well, time. but you walked by him the first time. Okay, you, just okay. don't, you, don't, you just didn't know. I breathed his air. <laughs> We did. We shared his oxygen. I think this this goes to show that the growth of my MIA2K podcast is <laughs> on a catalyst to success and, and just, Oof. you know, Oof. continued propelling forward for us. Always. I'll take it as an omen. I like that. I'm going to co-sign just because I really like that. But yeah, that was our experience at an Eric Nam concert. It was great. Recommend We're really it. excited about the K-pop scene or Korean artistry reaching mm -hmm. the depths of South Florida. We apologize in advance for Florida man and for everything that goes on in this state. Trust us. 
Uh, we don't we don't condone literally like 99% of it, but this part we're very happy about. We're gonna be seeing P1 Harmony in a couple of days from when you guys see or listen to this episode or watch the episode, and we're really excited about that too. And that one will be at the Fillmore, and we'll be sitting down, and there will be air conditioning, so mm-hmm. step up for everybody. And we just again super excited for Eric that he's doing what he wants. We really like him as a whole even though he's a November Scorpio. And again, that's a very different thing from October Scorpio. We're rooting for him. (laughs) And uh, we are happy that we got to make this our 10th episode with all of you. What Kathy said. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the MIA2K podcast. We have lots of great content coming up ahead. So please don't forget to follow and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you enjoyed our episodes, please rate us five stars. And for the real-time tea, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook by searching for at MIA2K Podcast. Dale! Bye!